love brother and sister Nelson I want him to come tonight and uh, I want him to take his liberty just preach to me brother amen God bless you thank you Bishop it's good to be in church tonight hallelujah hallelujah it's good to be in church thank you Jesus well as this service was progressing tonight I was trying to figure out okay where, where are we going to go here got singing that ain't God alright and uh would you just play take a few minutes here brag on God a minute hallelujah hallelujah bring some good news into the situation I want to share some testimonies with you hopefully someone out there tonight you might just need to be hearing this right now so I'm going to share them with you friends with an elder in Missouri he shared with us a story about his pastor's wife. This is back in the days, Elder, when there was brush arbors. And they were having services and his wife couldn't read. And it troubled her enough to where she would every day pick up her Bible and go out to a stump out in the woods and lay the Bible out. And ask God, God, would you let me be able to read your word? And that elder told us that said that went on for months, years. And he said one day there, just like clockwork, she grabbed her Bible, went out to the woods. The kids and dad were all out there in the fields. She went and she laid her Bible down on that stump, opened it up. All of a sudden they heard her scream. They thought something had happened to her. So they ran to her. So there she was, kneeling there, looking at the Bible, and tears streaming down her face. She turned and looked at him. She says, I can read. I can read. That ain't the whole story. She could read the Bible, Elder, but she couldn't read anything else. Ain't God all right? I shared this with the church some time back, but I'm going to share it with you again. The time when we was living, you, you guys can, be, you can sit down. And if you're at home, you can sit down. It's okay. Just don't don't recline the recliner. <laughs> but we were there in Idaho, my wife and I. It was time for us to move from Idaho to Missouri. And working there at the warehouse, I was talking to my co-workers about the move. And it was, matter of fact, I think it was Halloween, Halloween. And one of the truck drivers that had stopped and delivered some product overheard our conversation and he 
come up to me and says, excuse me, what was you saying? And I said, uh, I was just telling him we're fixing to move to Missouri. He turned and looked at me and says, you're not going anywhere. Said, excuse me. He said, uh, this time of year you'll never make it over Elk Mountain Pass. He says the snows will be flying. You won't make it till spring, so you're not going anywhere till spring. Well, that wasn't good news. But all I knew is what God was pressing upon us to do. So I got home that afternoon and got with my wife and told her what the man said. So we just bind together and we prayed. Say, God, you said you want us to go to Missouri. You're going to have to make a way. Well, you heard what this man said. So we loaded up the U-Hauls and everybody started heading out. And the first day we got to where we was going. We stayed all night that night. The next day would be the day when we would go over Elk Mountain Pass. We got up that morning and I was walking out to the truck. And I just kind of looked up in the sky and I said, okay, God this is the day so we got in the truck started driving we drove along and I'm looking around and I'm not seeing a whole lot of snow elder we kept driving we kept driving roads were clear everything was great about five hours into the drive I can see a sign up ahead up on the right hand side of the highway got a little closer and the sign said Elk Mountain Pass there wasn't any snow and as we crested that part of the divide and started on the other side of that mountain I looked in my rear view mirror elder and it started to snow ain't God alright ain't God alright ain't God alright ain't God alright I'm here to tell you, whatever you're dealing with, whatever your circumstance is, there's a God that cares about you. There's a God that watches you as you go about your day. The Bible's chock full of promises of how God will keep His people. And this dovetails right in with what I wanted to to talk about tonight and the fact that he will take care of us and I'm so glad to be in the church hallelujah hallelujah thank you Jesus let's just lift our hands to him here for a minute God we love you we love you Lord we love you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah God there's nobody there's nobody like you God oh Jesus oh Jesus oh God you're awesome you're magnificent yes you are hallelujah hallelujah I have to tell you Brother Merriman I haven't always been where I'm at today That's kind of what I want to talk about tonight. Thank you, everybody. Colossians 3 and 15. Hallelujah. It says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. 
to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Hallelujah. I just want to speak to you, talk to you tonight about this thought that I've had for some time, and that is, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here. Let's all pray. God, thank you for your presence that's here. And God, we can't do anything without you. I'm asking for your anointing, God. Use this vessel to speak to your people, God. Those that are listening online, God, I pray that you would help them and let them feel your presence there in their homes, wherever they might be right now, God. That you would nuzzle up next to them, God, and let them feel your presence. Work miracles in the lives of your people, God. We give you the praise, give you the glory. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and you can be seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In this time of turmoil, it's easy to stay focused on the viruses and the changes that it's brought about in our lives. The stay-at-home order, people hoarding, direction arrows at the supermarket, Six feet apart, mask wearing, hand sanitizer applying, cabin fever society is what we have become. And I'm here to tell you, if we're not careful, it's easy for us to focus on that fact that that's just where we're living and we can allow that fear to grip us to the place to where that's all we're focusing on. But I'm here to tell you tonight, and Brother Merriman, you brought this subject up some time ago, there's a different virus that every one of us have that needs dealt with. And that is the virus of sin. That virus of sin. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As I was preparing for this this message, I've had this burden on my heart for some time for the simple fact is it just, it is a situation that we're in that we've got to understand just what we have. At the end of the day, What do we have? We in the church, we that are blood-bought, what do we have? Hallelujah. It reminds me of the time when we we had just moved again to Missouri. After Elk Mountain Pass, we had gotten us a place in Nixa, and it was a a nice little duplex. And, uh, of course, as things go, uh, I didn't have a job and and didn't have any prospects of a job, and my wife was working at McDonald's part-time. So the money was rolling in. Had a Toyota pickup sitting in the driveway that had payments on it, and we had rent to have to pay and utilities to have to pay. And uh, had an experience with God that I, I have drawn on many times since. And as I was laying there in bed, I woke up out of a sleep, and I mean I was I was worried. In my mind, I was thinking, I've got to get a job. I've got to get a job right now. And I mean, I was just just having a horrible time. I mean, I was worrying. My heart was racing. And I was thinking to myself, I've I've got to get a job right now. And it's like the the Holy Ghost kind of spoke to me and said, what time is it? And I looked over at at my watch, and it was 5.30 in the morning. And me and God kind of had a talk that day. And he said, where are you going to go apply at 5.30 in the morning? And that started the process of him dealing with me to bring me, you know, settle down. Let me talk to you here a minute. 
And the Lord began to talk to me, Brother Merriman. He said, what you worried about? And I thought it was obvious. But I just began to, to rehearse to him. I've got bills I've got to pay. I've got a truck out there in the driveway that I've made a payment, but next month I ain't, got the pay, I ain't got the money to pay it, and I ain't got the money to pay rent. I ain't got the money to pay my utility. I need to have a job. And he said, what happens if you can't make your truck payment? I said, well, then I'll lose my truck. Okay. Then what? Well, then I guess I don't have a truck. He says, what else? I said, well, I got to pay my rent. He said, what happens if you don't pay your rent? I said, then I'll get put out on the street. He said, well, then what? I was like, well, I'll be out on the street. He said, okay. Then what? I said, well, then we, get, we can't buy food. So we can't eat. He said, okay, then what? I said, well, then we'll die. And he said, then what? And then a peace flooded my soul. And I said, I'll go to heaven. And it finally brought everything into perspective in my mind to let me to know this ain't what this is about. What we see, this terra firma, this, this coronavirus, this mess that we're dealing with, this isn't, this isn't what is real. What's real is heaven. This is just temporal. It's like a vapor that's here today and gone tomorrow, elder. This time next year, it'll be something else. It'll be another virus. It'll be another situation that'll have people sitting there twiddling their thumbs and, and worrying and fretting. But I'm here to tell you, God can take care of His people. I've already told you several stories today about how He has done that. And I'm here to tell you, the Bible lets us to know that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's somebody you can stand on when everything else is shaken. He's that solid foundation, Brother Jerry. That in the times when you wake up in the middle of the night and worrying about how you're going to pay your bills, He's that solid foundation that'll help you through those times. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm, 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 mm. But like I was saying previously, it hasn't always been that way. I haven't always been there. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. says, And you... Hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins? Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversations in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That right there explains and describes where John Nelson was many years ago when God found me. I was walking according to the lusts of my flesh. And I was trying to make sense of it all. And I was trying to somehow or another 
make my way through this life, but in the midst of it all, there was a God dealing with me and drawing me and, and doing the work in me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I'm so thankful that he did. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I was studying in, the, in Ephesians chapter 2, and it was, there was something that I, it just popped out at me, and, and it came to my mind just, again, how fortunate, Elder, that I am in the church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 12, it says, Wherefore remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcised by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of the promise, having no hope, and without God in this world. That, that word aliens there in the Greek means to estrange away. That is to be a non-participant. To alienate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that the covenants of promise was a reference to the covenants pertaining to the promised Messiah. The word strangers carries the idea of being foreign in a thing and having no share in it. Paul was writing to the Gentiles about the fact that they now could be a part of the church. He was letting them know that it's just not for the Jews, but it was for the Gentiles also. That the door was being opened or is open for them and that they didn't have to have to worry about how they were going to fit in, but that they were a part of the commonwealth now. That they were a part of God's church. Hallelujah. And in Ephesians, let's move on there. In Ephesians chapter 2, Verses 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus you were sometimes were far off and made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances. For to make in himself one twain, one new man, so, many, so making peace. That he might reconcile both unto God and one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Verse 19, Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of who? The apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto the holy temple in the Lord. In whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Paul was telling the Gentiles there in verse 13 that they were made nigh. That they were made nigh. And that word in the Greek is a combination of two words. And it is, the first is to squeeze. And the other is with arm or a curved arm. It's like he came up and took his arm. And he just drew me to him and gave me a, a squeeze and said, I, I want you. I want you. He was, I was brought nigh unto him. 
oh, what fantastic news that brings and hope that brings to a life to know that he is there and he wants to bring you nigh. Hallelujah. For we know in Romans 3 and 23, it lets us to know that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Brought nigh. Mm. Brought nigh. Hallelujah. 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 Well, Brother Nelson, how in the world did you get where you are today? What happened? Well, I'm glad you asked. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, I remember in my treks, so to speak, I would go to friends and I would ask them what they thought it took to be saved. And I would hear some now that I know some pretty far out, some pretty far out things. And I would leave their, their company and, and time would go on and I'd ask someone else and they would give me their thought about it. You know, well, you know, uh, you just got to accept the Lord as your personal Savior and, and everything's okay. And, and I can remember times in my home, brother Merriman, where I would watch Billy Graham crusades. And I felt the presence of God. And he would say, pray the sinner's prayer. And I felt God dealing with me. And I would pray that sinner's prayer, brother. And I would, tears would roll down my face. I'd be there in my home all by myself. I was hung, I wanted, I wanted to live for God but I didn't know how to do it. I was trying to find the answer, and I was looking wherever I could find it. And I remember that time in those Billy Graham crusades, and, and I felt his presence there in my home, and I cried, and, and, the, and the crusade was over. And I went right back to the way I was living. And I thought to myself, there has got to be got to be away. So I've told you the story about a lady that worked at our restaurant who was in truth and she began to offer a Bible study. And at first I didn't really want anything to do with it because of the fact of the way she looked. She didn't wear makeup. She wore a dress all the time. She didn't cut her hair and all of those things it, it put me off. I was like, you're, you're nuts. You're crazy. No, I don't want anything to do with what you got going. But as time progressed, God kept dealing with me in the, in, the, in the places I was going and asking questions, I wasn't getting any answers. So I thought to myself, what, what could it hurt? All right. So she, she asked me again and she said, would you like to have a Bible study? And I said, yeah. Yeah, I would. And after I picked her up off the floor... We set up the time, and her pastor came over to my house, her and her pastor, and we had a Bible study. But I've told you the story, Elder. I met him at the door when he was getting ready to walk in, and I said, let me tell you something right now. I said, I don't want to know what you think or what you feel that that book says. I want to know what that book says. 
I says, when you start that mess about I feel or I think, you're out. He looked me square in the eye, Brother Merriman. He said, fair enough. And that started the process, brother. And I began to learn some things. And I take Bible study, and the Bible study lasts so long, and, and I'd get a little bit too close, and I'd, I'm done. I'd, no more Bible study. I think I did that seven, eight times. But through the Bible studies, I began to learn some things, sis. I began to understand some things about the Bible that I never did before, and I just want to share some of those things with you tonight. I learned that the first four books of the New Testament were called Gospels. And that had to do with the life of Jesus Christ. Then the next book was the Acts of the Apostles which I learned was the history book of the church. And then after that was the epistles. And you see, where I was getting messed up was I was looking in the epistles, which are letters to the church, the book of Acts church, I was looking for answers and how to be saved by reading the letters to the churches and not reading the history of the church and what those people did and the actions they took to get to where they could read those letters from the churches. See, I was reading someone else's mail, so to speak. And so I learned that the book of Acts is where if you wanted to know how you needed, what you needed to do to be saved, that's where you would look. Hallelujah, hallelujah. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. It's a special scripture to me. Because see, I grew up Trinity. Thinking that there were three gods. There was God, and Jesus His Son, and the Holy Ghost. So here I was, in the times that I would try to pray... I would think that, okay, I need to pray to each one, and and I didn't want to make any one of them mad, so I would make sure I tried to pray the same amount to each one. And that's where I was at. And in this Bible study, one time this man brought these scriptures out to me, and I want to share them with you tonight. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through Him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh to the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Now, I'm going to stop right there a minute, and I'm going I'm to tell you, as we was reading this, I was thinking to myself, who's he talking about? He said that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And now all of a sudden here in these 
scriptures that I just read, he's sounding like he's describing Jesus. And he went on to say in verse 11, he came unto his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become what? The sons of God. Even to them that believed on his name. On whose name? His name. But we haven't had a name listed here yet. And here the writer, John, lets us to know, even unto them that believe on His name. God's name. The Word's name. Hallelujah. Verse 13, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And verse 14, here we go. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When that man began to preach that to me, and he said those to me, he turned and looked at me and he said, John, how many gods are there? And I said, three. And I'm sitting there reeling going, I'm trying to make sense of what the man said. And as he reached over to my coffee table, there were three coasters sitting there. And he had them set out and he said, how many coasters do you see? And I said, three. And he picked them up and he stacked one on top of each other. He says, now how many do you see? And I said, one. And when I said one, my eyes, just like they said in the Bible, scales fell down from my eyes and I seen who he is. And when that happened, Brother Jerry, this word finally started making sense. The many times, Brother Merriman, that I would sit in my room and I would just pour over this Bible trying to make sense of it all. And in the light of thinking there's three, it just, I just, I just, it wasn't making sense to me. But when that man did that that day, I got so excited. I went to my buddy Tracy and I hollered at him. I said, Tracy, I said, guess how many gods there are? He said, one. I said, man, why didn't you tell me? (laughs) God opened my eyes that day. He revealed that to me. Isaiah 43 and 11 says, I, even I am the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. That's Old Testament. For those of you out in radio land, that's Old Testament. And it says, I even, I am the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. I got another one for you. Isaiah 45, 18 through 22. says, for the Lord is God. And he created the heavens and the earth and put everything in place. He made the world to be lived in. Not to be a place of empty chaos. This is the New Living Translation. I am the Lord, he says, and there is no order or no other. I publicly proclaim bold promises. I do not whisper obscurities in some dark corner. I would not have told the people of Israel to seek me if I could not be found. I, the Lord, speak only what is true and declare only what is right. Gather together and come, you fugitives from surrounding nations. What fools they are who carry around their wooden idols and pray to gods that cannot save. Consult together, argue your case, get together and decide what to say. Who made these things no so long ago? What idol ever ever told you what would happen? What 
was it not I, the Lord? For there is no other God but me, a righteous God and Savior. There is none but me. Let all the world look to me for salvation, for I am God. There is no other. Gather together. Come together, you fugitives. I know what that feels like, Brother Jerry, to be a fugitive. I know what it feels like to be out there trying to, groping in that darkness, trying to find it. I didn't have necessarily have wooden idols, but I had idols, Elder. I had idols, I sure did. And one of them was me and my lifestyle. You see, when things were really starting to get tight, so to speak, and the Lord was really dealing with me to make up my mind about what I was going to do. Am I going to get in there and live for Him, or am I going to keep on living like I'm living? I want to share with you, I've, not, I've never told this before, but I want to share this with you, a dream that the Lord gave me when I had thought about it, and I thought, you know what? I love God, but I'm I just not ready. I think I'm just going to keep, I think I'm going to keep partying, I'm going to keep living like I'm living. And Elder, I went to bed that night, and God gave me this dream. I was driving home from Wichita, Kansas, coming home from partying like I did every weekend. And as I was driving along, I had a car wreck. And I went through the windshield of the car and rolled in the ditch. And I can still remember, I rolled, and I got myself up, and I went, turned around, looked at my car, and it was all smashed up. And I thought, oh, man, I wrecked my car. So I went walking up to check the car out, and as I did, I walked up there, and the windshield was busted out, and I was laying in the driver's seat, and I was dead. And the realization came to me that it's over, and I'm not ready. And immediately it went from that ditch and looking at myself into there to the restaurant that my parents owned and my mom and dad had just gotten off the phone with the news that I'd been killed in a car wreck and they had tears streaming down their faces and I'm looking at them and I'm trying to tell them, I'm saying, listen to those people in that church. They're preaching truth. You need to listen to them. And they couldn't hear me, Brother Merriman. I can still remember it like it was yesterday. Screaming at them at the top of my lungs. You've got to listen to them. Don't, 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 don't. Don't heed off what they're saying. Listen to them. Yes. I can remember going up to my mom screaming at her. Listen to them. And I tried, I tried to slap her. And my hand went through her face. And I went, oh no. I'm not ready. And as I was trying to talk to them, all of a sudden the whole room just started getting dark. And it went, completely dark and I went ah! and I woke up and it was a dream I don't know why brother Jerry he went to the extent that he did that he would give this old boy a dream but I'm so glad that he did see I didn't know I didn't understand from the outside it all looked like it was not necessary elder I didn't know 
All I saw was your sleeve links and your, and your hair links and that's all I'd see. And I'd see the way you conducted yourselves and how the ladies didn't wear makeup or, or jewelry and it just didn't make sense to me. So that would make me get all aggravated and puffed up and thinking that can't be right. And especially I hear they speak in tongues down there at that church. That's got to be of the devil. didn't understand. But God saw a desire in my heart to live for Him. Just go ahead and come to the music, says. I don't know who is out there listening. But I want you to know that this Bible lets us to know the way to salvation. I heard it said many times, Elder, that all roads lead to heaven. It don't matter. We're all serving the same God. Then I read in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, says there's one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Verse 6 says, when one God and Father of all who's above all and through all and in you all. Again, that's an epistle to the church, the church, the apostolic church, the church in the book of Acts. You need to understand there's one spirit, one body. There's one Lord, one faith. It's up to you, it's up to me to find that one Faith. It's just like the, the depiction in the Bible when they were talking about the pearl of great price. When they found it, they sold everything and bought that, that field or that treasure. They bought the field because they knew there was a treasure there. That's exactly the way it is. I mean, you just got to sell out and say, I've got to find it. I've got to find it because all of this again, 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 this corona, everything else is just a vapor. For crying out loud, I'm 56 years old, Elder. Yesterday I was 27. I mean, I'm getting AARP things in the mail. I mean, come on. (laughs) I can remember when our babies were born. Oh man, talk about worries. Now they're grown. Got a boy in the Air Force. Got a daughter that's 26. My word, where'd the time go, Brother Jerry? And to think that I'm going to sit on my laurels and, and just let time pass knowing there's eternity staring me in the face. And 
what I do with this time that's allotted to me will determine how I end up spending my eternity, Brother Jerry. Brother Nelson, that's all fine and good. What do I need to do? I'm glad you asked. Acts 2, verse 38 said, Then Peter said unto them, Remember, what the book of Acts is depicting, what what you're learning through reading this book. It's the history of the church. Acts 2, 38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I've heard some people say, well, uh, yeah, that, that, that was only for the original apostles. And those that were there, that was, that was just, that, the Holy Ghost was just for them. No, no, no. Let's read verse 39. It says, for the promise... What promise? The Holy Ghost is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. God's still calling as He is. Yes, it is just as much for you today as it was for them back in the book of Acts. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, God's got a new life waiting for you. He's got a new life waiting for you. Hallelujah. I know I, I know this coronavirus thing's got everything in an upheaval, but it ain't nothing in comparison to that sin virus. Ain't nothing compared to that. You, 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 you can recover from the coronavirus, but you won't recover from this sin virus, brother. We've all sinned and come short. How do you get it? How do you get the the vaccine? I just read it to you. In Acts chapter 2. You may be sitting at home right now. Conviction. That tugging at your heart. Can I tell you the scripture right before the one I read to you? depicts where you're at right now it says now when they heard this the people that were around when the people came out of the upper room speaking in tongues when they heard this they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do what shall we do friend wherever you are I'm here to tell you You can right there in your living room or in your bedroom or where in your car. You can begin to close your eyes or leave them open however you want to do it. And you can begin to repent and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything that I've done. I don't don't want to live this way no more. God, I'm tired of this. I want to live for you. You can repent of your sins and then you can be baptized in Jesus' name. You heard the the prayer line that Brother Merriman spoke. What was it again, brother? Prayer at OlathaTruth.com You want to be baptized? Send us an email. 
said, Brother Nelson, I'm tired of living this way. If you live far away from us, that's no problem. We'll put you in contact with somebody that can help you. The main thing is that you get out of this whole world. You get out of here, man. That you make heaven your home. And then God will fill you with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Oh, yeah. And the beautiful thing about it, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, and in closing says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. In a different translation, it goes like this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Oh, friend, I'm here to tell you, there's no life like living for Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I, I look back down, I can't even remember why I even balked at getting in church. Oh man, the peace that I received, the peace and the and the strength that I received, and you take on top of that the times when I had needs and I had had him to go to and talk to him. We were talking about it tonight. Friend, I'm telling you, God wants you to live for him. He wants you to live for him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As they sing tonight, I want to invite you. Just go ahead and pray. Ask God to help you. Hey, Jesus.